You know what song I was listening to today that just is an absolute bopper is uh, Power Trip by J. Cole. I don't oh, know why yeah. it popped in my head, but I was, man, that song can get it. It is. Did you see that Kyle has a uh, What It Is remix coming out with Chris Brown? No, I didn't. That's big for <laughs> Kyle. That's big for the pod as a friend of Kyle. Yeah. I saw Kyle yeah. on the uh, NFL like ad on Sundays. I hear that one song by him like 10 times. Huh. I think he's like the right mix of cheesy and they think he's relevant because he had a hit like two years ago and now they're, you know, hip to it. So like, that's the rapper we want. Right. Yeah. And then like, but that's been happening to me a lot with music though, is I'm like, no joke, a year and a half late to all this shit that I like right now. Uh, Like I'm watching YouTube videos from 2017. I'm like, this shit is good. I can't (laughs) wait till this shit blows up, but obviously I never did. Um, But Kyle said he's he's going back to R&B Kyle, which would be great. Ooh. Like that, like that. Um, are you a Halloween guy? I'm not, I'm not really a Halloween guy. You know, it just doesn't match my personality. I think the one time I was kind of excited for Halloween was last year when we were all going as the Diamonds in the Rough from Saving Silverman. So we were mm-hmm. going to dress up as Jack Black, as Neil Diamond from the movie. And we got like the, the sequin shirts and the wigs and everything. Like that was going to be fun. But we didn't plan it very well when we were going to Denver. Uh, and mm-hmm. nobody brought their stuff to Denver, I think, except for one guy. And he was just living it up. And he looked good. He looked real good. Yeah. We would have killed it. Um, but other than that, like, being good at Halloween and having fun on it takes a lot of planning and a lot of effort. That's just not where I'm at. I'm not doing mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I'm a I'm a buy-in guy, right? If it's your workplace or the example that you provided, it's like everybody's doing it. Then I'm going to mm-hmm. buy in, you know? Um, the person that's going to win a... Uh, a costume contest is probably not going to be me though. Um, no. Although, you know, well, let's start with this. What what was your best costume of all time? Do you have something that, that, you know, pops a memory right away? For sure. Yeah. Uh, back when I was like eight or nine, I had like a shaved head because my parents were too cheap to get me an actual haircut. So <laughs> they just like took me out to the garage and shaved my head. And yeah. uh, I, they got me like these thick rim glasses and I went as Drew Carey. Okay. And it was fun, you know, going around as Drew Carey. I dressed up like a little businessman. Uh, and But while it was trick-or-treating, and I guess Drew Carey's show was huge at the time. One of the ladies I knocked on the door, she was dressed up as Mimi from the show. And we got a pick <laughs> okay. together. Drew that. and Mimi out in the town together. It was, yeah. So that's something that jumps out. What about you? You know, you might, first of all, you might have to snap a photo of the photo if you still have it and throw that on the Greasy Pod Twitter. Yeah, I'll throw me as Drew Carey for sure up there. I'll see if I can find the other one. Uh, my mom was always really good at hand making stuff growing up. So I have, you know, pictures of being like a pirate, you know, and all that shit. But um, yeah. best of all time, you, you remember Hotline Bling, Drake, you know, that song mm-hmm. was pop. Yeah. And, and that video was huge. And he had an outfit in the video where he had this red coat. Yep. It's just a very generic outfit in a way. If, you know, in 2020, everyone would be like, what are you? Uh, but I shaved my head down also. I put a little line in it, uh, got the sick red coat. Right, uh, Jordan T uh, boots, and it was pretty sick. That's a good one, yeah. yeah. Like I'm sure a lot of people will be going as like Carol Baskin this year, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, and I'm sure that's going to be funny. Like, there's no doubt right. about it. But a lot of Carol Baskins, yeah. Um, I, I've mentioned before on the pod, and then we could probably wrap up our Halloween talk. But uh, yeah, the full size candy bar thing, right? You'd mm-hmm. always think it's like the rich parents, but legitimately, like you and I could pass out. Uh, you know, we could go together and get full size candy bars for the whole, every single person that's going to come to your house. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It really like maybe take that maybe sixty or seventy bucks. But I've kind of reversed that take mm-hmm. uh, now, knowing and having a little bit of money, because you are kind of, for lack of a better term, cucking your neighbors. Because now mm-hmm. you're the person with the full size candy bars. So when they go to the neighbors, they're, they're one pissed either off. pissed at you or they're you know not as excited near the house they want to go to. So if you want to be in the good graces of your neighbors, you don't do the full size candy bars. Yeah, absolutely. But you can like, there's no reason your neighbors have to know it. They could be like, were you the one handing out full size candy bars? You're like, no, not me. It wasn't me. Yeah. It was them. Pass it on. That's a buck. Are you going to do anything this year? Like dressing up wise or? No, I'm in a crew neck and shorts and I'm watching the Buckeyes. Hold on. Ooh, what are you drinking over there? I'm drinking this Murphy's Irish Stout, which is like an off-brand Guinness. Okay. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm pretty cheap, so they want to spend the nine bucks on Guinness, so I spent the four bucks on a four-pack of Murphy's, 
Would mm-hmm. I recommend it? No. But it, well, I drink it. Yeah. That when you opened that, the sound was like a beer I've never heard before. Yeah, they put the nitrogen thing in there. No right. one would <laughs> um, I'm drinking a. You know, you're familiar with Erie Bruco. Um, yeah. A what is it? A cherry cream ale, which I was a little thrown off by the cream ale part. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's very solid. They give it like an eight and a half. Nice. Uh, and they're familiar with us too because they were at one point the unofficial beer sponsor. Of the greasy mm-hmm. pot until Dortmund or gold. I think we set the Guinness World Record for most times saying yeah. Dortmund or gold last week. So, uh, yeah, um, I see. Erie Brew, definitely a friend of the pod. Yeah, on the bottle it says drink Erie beer. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're very familiar. We've drank plenty of Erie beers. Like, <laughs> yes, we have. Like, like we're from there. You know? like, yeah, they might not have been brewed there, but we drank beer there for sure. Uh, yeah. I can't believe, uh, and this is, we'll eventually get into the podcast. I yeah. Think. But uh, Trump bad-mouthing Erie. Erie's like my second home. That's right. my vacation spot. He said he doesn't want to be there. Uh, that kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. I can't imagine what the great people of Erie PA thought about it. You right. know, the people of Prescott down who are just grinding for a buck. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, like you said, one of the one of the better vacation spots in America, like mm-hmm. undoubtedly. And the last time we were playing golf, and you had made the case that you could see yourself living in Erie. And, you know, my friends were there. Maybe, you know, three or four of us make a move. You know, I'm in. We'll figure yeah. out the job stuff later. And that might have been the Miller Lights talking when I was out on the golf course. Um, but I'll stand by it. I'll move out to Erie. Okay. I'm actually now drinking a – it's been a few Wednesdays, I think, since I've <laughs> since I've drank. Uh, you got a little uh, – what's that called? A uh, little Guinness stash, yeah. A Guinness stash. I didn't know if there was a term for that. Look creamy. Um, <laughs> a fortnight – I've never heard of that. Fortnite. It's a made in Maine. American oh. Pale Ale, you know? Yeah. We're out here. Um, all right. That is a long intro to the show. We do have, um, you know, as usual, a pretty solid effort, a uh, pretty solid show ahead. We'll start with the pick six. We get into uh, the numbers. We have some iPhone notes. Uh, we talk about – we have a Cleveland Corner segment, so that's a new one that I just – Which I changed on you, and I'll explain it as we get closer. Okay, so. that's fine. And then we're going to bring back some cues from the Fs because uh, a few people did send some in this week, so we have to obviously want to answer those. But let's start with the pick six. Number one here, Rob, are you f- familiar with the game Fuck, Mary Kill? Yeah, I think it was like a nice eighth-grade game on the way back from like mm-hmm. a Berkshire football game. Yeah, you play a little yeah. so FMK, we'll probably- yeah. Right. We're a little past the phase of doing that with humans. Um, right. We're going to do it with topics, though. So one, okay. you have to fuck. The other, you have to marry. And the other, you have to kill. So okay. uh, fuck would be, you know, short, brief. We want to talk about it briefly. Marry, a little bit more long-winded. And then kill, we kill the other topic. You understand. You're a smart guy. All right. Here's the three topics. OBJ's injury. Hmm. Des Bryant to the Ravens. Ooh. Antonio Brown to the Bucks. Wow. DJ, can I stay abstinent? I don't think I want anything to do with any of those topics. <laughs> All right. Uh, but uh, if I have to, and then this is if I have to, I'm I'm into the corner. Um, I guess I'll I'll fuck the Anto- I'll fuck Antonio Brown. Okay. Um, I'll marry OBJ, and uh, Dez is just a zero. Just an, right. on the binary scale, such a zero. I want nothing to do with it. Practice squad signing. Uh, so let's jump in. Let's uh, talk Antonio Brown. Uh we're we're fucking him, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. Um, it just makes them a powerhouse. They got all the used weapons that every other team or the league doesn't want. Uh, but I think he's going to come in and make a huge impact. Uh, yeah. In the slot or wherever they play him, going to be an absolute beast. I don't know. F- Fantasy-wise, I think he could certainly be kind of the league winner type. But I think on like the Super Bowl level, them competing in that way is just going to be massive. Yeah, I don't think there's too many teams that could take on uh, Antonio Brown this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he developed a short relationship with Tom Brady in New England. Uh, they developed some kind of repertoire together. Um, he needs to go in with a veteran quarterback. Uh, and the the list of guys that he can blend well with are pretty limited. So Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, going back there, probably a good match for him. Hopefully, he can rebound his career. Dude is one of the all-time greatest wide receivers, I think, you know what I mean, at the start of his career. Hopefully you can figure it out and get back on the field. See, what I compare it to uh, is a trip to the casino, the time after you lost big, right? But say you had a you had a tough foul. You had a bunch of brews and you lost like 500 bucks, right? It's really yep. like 
tough one. And you go like three months later and you remember that time. It's fresh enough that you're like, this time I'm going to be on my best behavior. I don't want to lose too much. I realized what that did to my bank account last time. That's the mentality I think Antonio Brown's in, right? He realizes how much money he had in all these contracts, blew it. Now you get another chance. Nah, now I'm thinking about the analogy kind of sucks. No, I just love the casino, man. Yeah. I that, yeah. He's going to be uh, on his best behavior because he realizes how much he blew it in the past, essentially. Yeah, but you kind of th- thought the same thing with, like, Josh Gordon, too, is that, like, oh, he blew it, he was smoking weed, like, he's going to come back, be on the straight and narrow, and then he didn't yeah. show up for the game that one time with <laughs> Billy Manziel he was doing blow in Vegas. So you just don't know, you know what right. I mean? You hope the best for those guys, but until they figure it out themselves and get yeah. back on the right track, like, it doesn't matter. They don't give a shit about money. That's a good point you're right it's all it's yeah we're all humans all right that was we kind of that was a blend i think between we were casually dating at least uh Antonio yeah. brown there all right moving yeah, on to obj uh very hot discussions in our group chat this week about and you've seen on sports talk radio are the browns better without obj uh i know you have kind of a uh contrarian view on that compared to the, the rest of the group there yeah, and I guess my main take on it here is that if the Browns are indeed better without a elite wide receiver, uh, because OBJ has been elite in his uh, previous years before he came to the Browns, uh, then our issue isn't with OBJ, it's with Baker, and you need to find a new quarterback, right? Like, if the guy gets too nervous because he has a talented wide receiver, then, like, you can't put talent around him. Like, you're not going to play the Bengals every week. You're not going to be able to just, like, go for virtual with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Who the... How the hell is that guy catching those four verts every week, like against the Ravens and expect to score points? It's just not going to happen. Um, without OBJ, the Browns are a worse team. And I, I can say that without uh, any objection, I think, on my part. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think all of us, including myself, are pretty dumb for arguing the opposite. But um, there's something in me. There's a tick that makes me feel that way. But maybe it's, yeah, it's either a Baker problem or schematically a problem. Yeah, I understand, like, you could be forcing the ball to OBJ a little bit. But, you know, if you do have a quarterback who can't get the ball to your talent, then the Browns need to get rid of Baker today. Yeah. If they really do believe that, then they need to start Case Keenum next week. Right, right. And, I mean, Rashard Higgins is not going to be able to, like, create separation away from the world or the elite defenders. In the league. Hollywood, He's not- bro, though. I love Hollywood. Yeah. I think yeah, people just argue. Like I'm going to argue on the other side here in a little bit because I like Hollywood too. But. <laughs> He's fun. All right. Yep. Uh, number two, I hear you keep pulling Zards, bro. I've seen you pull Zards. Explain yeah. to the people what that means. Uh, yeah. So we talked a little bit about Pokemon cards, I think, on a previous uh, podcast. Um, but on another whim, uh, well, I previously I pulled a Charizard, and this Charizard, uh, if I get PSA rated, with PSA is like this objective card grader, uh, it could be a, like a thousand dollar card, right? So I, on a whim, I bought more Pokemon cards this last Thursday, and I pulled another Charizard, right? Uh, the chances of that happening, uh, pulling a Charizard are 1 in 600. So this was a 1 in 360,000 chance that I would pull Charizard on back-to-back packs. Uh, so pretty pumped about it. I completely blame TikTok. TikTok will play Pokemon opening videos, and it's like watching people scratch off lottery tickets. Totally addicting. Mm-hmm. I do not recommend people get into Pokemon cards. Uh, especially as a way to create your like wealth. But if you're going to buy a scratch off ticket, buy a pack of Pokemon cards instead. I think it's probably a better investment. So uh, I've had super good luck. I'm going to get them graded and I'll keep the pod uh, listeners updated on that. Hopefully we get back some Ted's and I'm absolutely rich. Yeah. I was a hater at first. Well-renowned hater. Uh, I saw some live openings you did uh, over mm-hmm. FaceTime and it was pretty electric. I got to admit now, partly, I know not very many of those go like that, uh, but it was pretty sweet. Mm. Uh, I actually got some cards from my mom um, yeah. last night from their place. Looked through them. Wasn't anything that really stuck out. I, I researched, I pulled like 30 of them out and kind of researched what they were worth. Some were like four or five bucks, but nothing, uh, nothing huge there. But it was fun looking back through some memories. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and if people do have a collection, I think I said in this last pass, like pull them out, look through them, kind of do your same due diligence. Like, especially if they don't mean anything to you now, like get rid of them because I don't think the market's ever going to be higher. I think there's a little bit of a bubble. So get rid of them while you can. Yeah. Number three, did you get to enjoy the World Series at all? 
Uh, DJ, I, I enjoyed it, but I actually didn't watch any pitches of it, like, mm-hmm. live. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, I've been, like, I was following it through Twitter. Last night I saw Blake Snell was dealing. I believe I said he was shoving in our group chat, which mm-hmm. is a fun way to say that a pitcher's dealing. Uh, and uh, the big controversy last night in game six was that uh, Cash pulled Snell early in the game. Uh, and I think being a baseball manager has got to be one of the toughest spots to be in in all sports, right? Like the whole world, like if in the NFL, if you call a bad play, like there's going to be another play. But if you make a pivotal decision, like taking a player out, there's no like, oh, we're going to put him back in, right? It's not a quarterback making a QB swap. This is like, there's no coming back from it. So being an MLB manager, really tough. I understood the logic behind the cash move. Obviously, it didn't work out for him. Dodgers win the ship. And then the Justin Turner stuff too. But what about you, DJ? What about the World Series? I race? surprisingly watched a decent amount. I watched the uh, the walk off game four, uh, first baseball game. Truthfully, I watched all year outside the Indians, and uh, just landed on the perfect game. It was incredible. Um, and then I watched game six and uh, watched the Dodgers win. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's easy to judge from your couch. I don't know shit about baseball to say. I know there's all these metrics now that I don't even. I learned some last night in terms of like. Uh, I'm trying to even remember it from like a pitching perspective. It's like vertical, uh, and then there's like a horizontal. I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's insane. Yeah, the axis and movement and <laughs> yeah, stuff like that of a pitcher. And then there's uh, dildos like me trying to call out a manager that have no just learned what that stat was tonight. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and you know, I don't think that that statistic is going into Kevin Cash's like managerial decision by any yeah. means. Um, I did look it up after I saw that he was pulled. Blake Snell does have a career ERA that's substantially higher in the third time around. Third in order. Time, You're going to yeah. hear that quite a bit. So it was like a logical decision. Um, but I think that's like you got to kind of balance how well you know your players. And it, be honest with you, like there's no right answer there, yeah. right? It might have been 95% the right call, but that 5% happened. And that's what happens in baseball. So uh, he's going to get blamed for it. The other thing is, uh, sorry, go ahead. I'll let you finish. No, no, absolutely. So do I think it was the right call? Uh, yeah, I do. I do think that he should have made that call. Uh, maybe putting in that guy. I think he put in Nick Anderson, who's been struggling. Don't do that. Um, obviously, it didn't work out for him. But uh, this, yeah, some sympathy for him. This type of conversation, though, is like I'm thinking about listening to this back is why you can't attract new viewers, though. Do you want that to be the debate? No one wants to hear about the math versus the non-math. Like those, these whole discussions are just boring and drawn out and overplayed and all that bullshit. I mean, we've seen it in football now too. So it's not only baseball, but I don't know. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that uh, assuming people are dumb is that is what makes them dumb. You know what I mean? Like giving people statistics and giving them an opportunity to like, understand them and give them context is what makes better fans and is what makes better people at the same time. So I I think you got to give every opportunity for people to understand what's going on in the game. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, Minnesota, Seattle, fourth and one, they're up five. That game, I truthfully feel like that calls a 50-50 call. Mm -hmm. I do have an idea, though, to expand baseball. There's a lot of talk about how uh, some of their players don't have the sponsorships. You don't see their faces like you do in the NBA or NFL. You don't see them on State Farm commercials and all that shit. Um, So last night I was thinking about, you know, Mookie is like the dude now. you got to get Mookie in something. So I know you thought of, or Cody knew, our buddies thought of Can Cam Jam. And then Mm -hmm. I just was replaying in my mind, Mookie Cookie. Mookie cookie mookie cookie um so basically it's like a chips ahoy ad or something like that where they're trying to come up with the name of mookie's cookie but okay. then it's either mookie's cookie or mookie's cookie okay so it's like a meta ad yeah. they're making an ad about making yeah an ad. exactly exactly does that, wow. does that resonate like that. at all Right, and he's like sitting there in his uniform. <laughs> right, you got to really show who it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like in those ESPN commercials, and the guys are in full uniform, yeah. like sitting there at the office. I didn't describe it the best, but basically, it's just brainwashing you to think of Mookie Cookie or Mookie Cook. You know, remember we talked about Reese's Pieces. <laughs> Reese's Pieces, yeah, absolutely. Reese's. Yeah. <laughs> 
Reese's Pieces. Reese's. I gotta pieces. workshop that one a little bit. All right. No, yeah, it got, it, I think it's got legs. Dude. That's got. A, that's got. I mean, a couple of times, that's got Baker progressive potential. Yeah, they're sitting in the boardroom trying to decide what they're gonna do with Moki, and right. yeah. Um, that's right. a C-suite, yeah. you know, conversation. Right. <laughs> exactly. Should have kept that one to myself. <laughs> right. Uh, number four, uh, bold fantasy football predictions for the second half of the year. So we're through week seven. Uh, I believe you and I are both three and four. You three and four? Yeah. Uh, some moves need to be made, but to kind of generalize it, give people some bold predictions. So maybe now they can go get these guys or, uh, what, what do you expect from the second half of the year? Okay. Uh, like I said, I was kind of bad-mouthing Rashard Higgins uh, at the beginning of the pod, but I do think that uh, he does win leagues for people this year. I think he's going to go off 16-17 uh, or 15-16 when those playoffs take place. Uh, I think he's going to get a lot of targets on the stretch. Him and Baker do have some decent chemistry. Uh, I think the Chase Claypool hype is overhyped. I don't think he scores 22 points again this year. I think that four-touchdown game is going to be imprinted in people moving forward. If you sold him, Good for you. If you haven't, sell them now. Um, and I don't think that CD Lamb is a rosterable player by the end of the year. Wow. Okay. Uh, dug deep with the receivers there. Uh, Higgins, yeah, league winner. I have Antonio Brown as a league winner. League winner. I know we already talked about him. Um, yeah, I just think he'll make a huge impact. And a guy that uh, everyone got off the waivers, really. Um, so if you if you roster him that whole time, props to you. Cole Beasley, top 10 receiver. I think Buffalo is going to sling it. I think he's wide receiver 19 right now. Which the volume's there, seven, eight, nine targets a game. I could see him if he stays healthy is a huge thing. If you stay healthy and you play 17 games and you're getting that kind or 16 games and get that kind of volume, there's a decent chance. Uh, that Buffalo offense doesn't make any sense to me, though. And no. it can't make any sense. Like, how do they only put up 18 points on the Jets? Right. Kick all field goals. And then at the beginning of the year, they look like absolute dynamos, right? Like, no one is ever going to stop Josh Allen. Obviously, it didn't look like that last week. Still got the win. But Cole Beasley did have put up, I think, 22-ish points, yeah. right? He was up there, 11 catches. Um, kind of crazy. I don't want to put too much faith into anybody over there except for Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. So uh, I can hear it. I'm a Cole, Cole Beasley truther. I wish I had him now, even though I ripped on you, I think, having him earlier this year before dropping him. Um, yeah, Joe Burrow, more fantasy points than Lamar Jackson. Bold one there. Um, further proving the theory of don't draft a quarterback early um, because 97% of them are the same. And I think the Bengals have a pretty favorable schedule from what other people have told me. Uh, and, <laughs> you didn't look it up yourself. <laughs> and they sling it, dude. Um, no, yeah. Burrow's going to – you want to talk about the volume. And uh, volume nearly not as important from the quarterback perspective. But, uh, I mean, Burrow does throw the ball just an, an immense amount. Mm-hmm. Um, so, moving forward, I, I like that call. Um, but it's kind of dumb. Like Lamar Jackson's going to outscore him. Right. He's going to start it up. In the a, I mean, I'm hot taking over here, but I, I truly yeah, sure. could get behind it uh, with the right uh, with the right wager. Uh, number sure. five. Do you have any election election predictions? Uh, the election will be over, but not over likely by the time we record next week. And I know everyone's looking to Rob Wall. He knows his politics. Uh, what's he think about it? Man, I don't know what to think about it, DJ. It's uh, it's a tough spot to be in with everyone looking at me, looking for this political insight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? I can only go as far as my sources. Uh, I honestly prefer not to talk about it. You know what I mean? But it kind of does have some like, and I'm not equating the election to like the Browns and the Super Bowl. Uh, I think the uh, election has a ton more implications for people's lives than the Browns Super Bowl. Like, but it kind of does feel like this like super big game for me coming up next Tuesday. Yeah. And I'm excited to watch it, but I'm also like immensely nervous that something's going to go wrong and the people that I want to win aren't going to come out on top and my life's going to be worse, right? It's like this pivotal moment in my life next mm-hmm. Tuesday. Obviously, you said that it probably won't be over uh, and all the all the uh, votes counted. Um, but, you know, I got the I got the pregame jitters for sure about the election. Same here. Uh, I will give my thoughts in one word or maybe it's two. I don't know. And I won't say either way, but I my word is boat race. Oh, I'll leave it at and that. And for the people listening at home, that can only mean one thing. 
Do you is boat race one word or two words to you? Uh, one <laughs> it feels word. like one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We should get that in the dictionary. Um, boat race is in the dictionary. Oh, really? That's a real word. Yeah, it's like an English English like rowing term. Uh, all right. And it well, just means that the more you know, you're far ahead, right? Yeah, it just means that one boat got out in front. They caught the current and they were gone. Okay. Yeah. You just get boat raced. Boat race, buddy. Yeah. Uh, number six. What are you consuming? Uh, you know, I haven't actually started watching this yet, but it just came out this week. Uh, it's called Queen's Gambit on Netflix. It's about chess and a, a chess prodigy. I heard it's absolutely incredible. I did like ten minutes of research on what the Queen's Gambit move is in chess. I'm so, I'm so shitty at chess. Not that it's going to matter. Um, uh, I've been drinking a lot of Irish stouts, been drinking Guinness, Murphy's, a couple ciders. I don't know. Maybe it's the fall season getting into me. You get a little blustery. I want those dark beers. I want that, uh, that fall cider in me. Um, apex legends, a video game that some of our brubs play. It's coming out with a new map this week, which is exciting. So excited to hop on the sticks with the boys bullshit with them. Uh, it's going to be really fun. Uh, and then musically uh, a little all over the board this week. Like I said, I was listening to some J Cole earlier. Um, but I uh, found this folk guy, his name's Zach Bryan. And I, I guess I'm like into the story behind him is that he's in the Navy. He's a full-time uh, sailor. But on his leave, he, he gets off and he records whole albums. Like he records 18 songs and he he releases them. And he gets like millions and millions of views on his Spotify. And he wow. just like records them in a barn. And then he goes back on his sailor ship. That's he very cool. Cruising in the Navy. So Zach Damn, Bryan. that's a good backstory there. Um, people are saying though. It's not me, they're, but they're saying too many ciders, drinking too many ciders, not a brew dog anymore. I've been saying that about myself and I confided in you. I didn't know I was going to be put on blast on the podcast. A lot of ciders out of me and I'm about them and I'm going to be apologetic about it. I think I'm still a brew dog though. Yeah. Falls the time. So I can't blame you there too much. Um, I watched Borat. Do you watch the new one? I haven't. Uh, that was pretty good. Okay. Was pretty good. Um, there was controversy today because one of the women in it didn't realize that it was a parody. And I'm like, that makes me feel better that there were actually people in it that I always wonder that because the camera set up, like who realizes it? How does he talk right. to them off screen to get them in it? I'd love to see a behind the scenes. Was she like involved in a daycare in the movie? Not to put too many spoilers. Yeah. Like he basically drops his daughter off and she takes care of her where it makes sense that she wouldn't particularly know everything about it i just i didn't know how much he reveals behind the scenes to get some people to like like he lives with these two guys for a short time i don't know what he said to them like what was going on like you know does he reveal that it is actually a you know parody Parody. yeah i saw that somebody started a gofundme for this lady and Mm -hmm. arranged like fifty thousand dollars yeah she got paid 3600 bucks or something but uh and then watching this guy harry mack he's a youtuber Um, I discovered him like a couple weeks ago. Best freestyle I've ever seen in my life. Um, so he does watch him after this. Um, he'll go on the street and people will just throw out words, anything, throw out the most mm-hmm. ridiculous word and he'll be able to take it and spin it in this freestyle and use it over and over. And, um, the way he just thinks you can tell he's a real smart dude. And then during COVID he started these Omegle freestyles. Have you ever okay. heard of Omegle? Yeah. You have. I don't know how you pronounce it either, but it's like a like less less dick heavy um, chat roulette, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be clean, I guess. But he just gets on there with random people, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm actually a freestyle rapper." And they're like, "Oh, okay." And give me three words, so they give him three words, and he spits for like two minutes, and everyone just goes off, and the reactions are hilarious. Nice. I'll get into that. Uh, you ever listen to uh, Mark? I think is uh, Mark Ribolet. Uh, I don't think so. he's no. like the guy that's shirtless. He like got into like uh, he gained a lot of fame over the uh, summer doing a racism sucks video. You know, Ice T mm. saw it, um, okay. and he, he does the same thing. He does a live show. People will give him something, and then he'll make brand new songs, and then he'll turn those into albums. Is that the guy with like the keyboard? On, I saw always see on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. He, they're like jokey though, right? They're very. Um... But like some of it's very cat. good. It's like hypersexual for sure. Okay. Uh, but some of the songs are good. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll have to check. I always see this shit on Twitter. Um, new releases. Uh, Mandalorian season two. I just know that's a pop and one. I'm not a big yeah. Star Wars guy, but you, you get into that? 
Uh, I did watch season one, and I'll probably run that back. Yeah. Uh, Holiday, which is a new movie with Emma Roberts uh, on Netflix, one of those no, nice trashy Netflix low budget kind of romantic comedy. Uh, I need someone to date for Christmas. All right, we can pretend to date. I'll bring you to my family. Shit, uh, one of those. Right. But I like Emma Roberts. So, um, who's Me your too. favorite Emma? Do you have you know like Stone Roberts Watson? Um, oh, Emma Roberts. Yeah. That's surprising. I mean, Both of us on the pod are Emma Roberts guys. Um, most would be Watson, I would assume. But. Yeah, probably. Um, she would definitely be the least popular out of those three. Uh, and then mm. I just, every week I look through Rotten Tomatoes actually has a very good list of like upcoming shows on Netflix and Hulu. I think they do. A, if you're ever looking for, it can be kind of confusing to say like November Netflix releases. Um, mm. But anyway, just so many cooking shows. Um, are like new and popping. You get into like the cooking shit at all. Supermarket Sweep came out, all that shit. I mean, I'll watch for sure. I'm a Guy Fieri guy, though. Mm. A lot of people know that. We're Guy Fieri guys. I mean, we have the Guinness World Record for most times yeah. saying it on the pod. Um, so if he's rolling out and doing diner drivings and dives, I'll go to Flavortown with him anytime. Or if he's doing guys' grocery games, I'm about it too. Um, but cooking shows beyond that, a couple episodes of Chop here and there. Yeah. I don't really get into that shit too much. Uh, that is the pick six, though. We will run the numbers before we get into some other fun shit here. Uh, Rob, what did we put up last week? We're sticking in the 50s, man. We're just doing a good job getting the people back on the pod. We're going 52 this week. Uh, it, it's going to be a little bit of a disappointing week. 43. Uh, 43? It's, yeah, it's got to be our lowest in a long time. Um, so... If you're listening to this, tell your friend to listen because we want to at least keep this going for a year. And if we dip into the 30s, it's going to be a little uh, depressing. Yeah, and I honestly thought last week was a really good episode. Yeah, uh, but the first <laughs> the first kind of uh, bullet point in the episode name is Ohio State football hate. So that might have hurt us. Yeah. I thought that, maybe yeah. it would fire some people up. Maybe had a... Uh, yeah, probably turn them off uh, yeah. and we're not ohio state haters anymore we're on the bandwagon uh, <laughs> i think they cover this week so there's there's that we're ohio state fans when they cover you know yep that's right <laughs> um all right got some iphone notes for you hit me with okay. whatever you'd like to hear more about peloton trainer reality show grocery store websites russell crowe cereal restaurant covid dilemma and lying down foods part two Wow. Uh, I want to hear initially about lying down foods part two, because the first one was good. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about string cheese, I believe the first time. Yeah. Right? Well, this is more of a, a brainstorm sesh because I haven't, you know, I wanted to post a rankings today on Twitter, um, mm -hmm. the top five laying down foods. Yeah. But I was, I was uninspired in some ways. And I was wondering if you had other foods that maybe kind of fit the billing. Yeah, I'll say one that's 100% not on the list. This weekend, I went down to uh, Cincinnati. Went to go see our buddy, Big Bruv. Mm -hmm. uh, great place, gracious host. I mean, pulling out all the stops for you. Uh, Cincinnati, incredible town. Um, but I was like a little too drunk at the end of the night, and somebody made nachos, and I was sitting down eating nachos, like laying down. And I was like, this has got to be the worst snack to eat. And I just hated myself for doing it. So nachos, not on that list by mm -hmm. any means. Um, but I do think that most fruits are on the lying down. Yeah. List. I was going to say grapes has got to be on the pretty close to the top there. String cheese, number one grapes within the top five. Uh, most liquids with a straw. I could probably do like a milkshake lying down. <laughs> you know I, don't I, mean? do, I don't do liquids now, <laughs> but it can't be like a, it can't be like I'm drinking something. Cause that's mm. shit's going to end up all over me. And that's going to be embarrassing. Like some sort of sandwich that's not stacked too high. Like a PB&J would be fine, but like a burger is too much, right? I need something that's, you know, low in height. You know, you only get two layers. Yeah. You get PB&J, no other layers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, we'll continue to workshop that. That one's hard to think of on the spot. So if you have laying down foods, let us know. Because you get to enjoy the best part of life, you know? You get to eat right. and you get to lay down. Uh, do you want any more? You know, you can opt out. It's all good. Oh, I do. No, I definitely do. Um, uh, I, I've been having a lot of conversations about cereal. Cereal, I think, is the best. Uh, the restaurant dilemma sounds good, too. But cereal is the best dessert of all time. People need to start eating cereal for dessert, not for breakfast. So let me hear about Russell Crowe cereal. 
Yeah, so I th- we're in an age of collectibles. Um, yeah. If you think about, you know, your Charizards, the sports card industry, even, you know, going to, it's not necessarily a collectible, but within the same realm of going to get the Travis Scott meal or the Jay Balvin meal at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. So I'm a huge proponent. Some of these brands need to take advantage of random partnerships and okay. uh, popped in my head one night after a few beers, I started thinking Russell Crowe cereal. What can be more random than Russell Crowe's face on a box of Fruit Loops? And limited edition, going to be there for a week, and you pop random celebrities on random products. Right. I like that a lot. What about like Russell so- like Russell Westbrook Stovers? You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's a little too – I want it to be like as distant – you wanted to be. You don't want any name association. You I want to be out of the pop out on Twitter. Like, what the hell is Russell Crowe doing on a cereal box? Right, or like a regional, like Jose Ramirez pierogies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's random enough. That's not random enough. No, you need kind of a a prominent celebrity, but someone that's not associated with a lot of products. Um, okay. Yeah. So hmm. Russell Crowe made sense to me. Because what have you ever seen him in besides, you know, sick movies? Sick movies, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Gladiator's an all-time sick movie. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, okay. Yeah, so that's where I'm coming from on that. Brands, you can feel free to take that one, uh, run with it. You'll sell out of your shit immediately. Guaranteed. Like Mookie's Cookies. <laughs> yeah, right. Sort yeah. of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, so that's where I was coming from there. Uh, we move on to Cleveland Corner, which I think you said you were going to revise for me. So uh, flip it, flip the script on me, buddy. Yeah, originally we wanted to talk about Cleveland Scene Pizza Week, uh, and they got a bunch of good deals. We're going to talk about pizza, uh, maybe the best pizza, overrated drunk spot pizza, which I'm interested in. And I think that's a good topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but today in Minnesota, uh, they're all weekly. It was called City Pages, and and you imagine, you know, what Cleveland Scene is here. Uh, you know, you got a couple articles and then you got like the random uh, sexual ads in the back, like trying to get you to buy stuff you probably don't want. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the exact same, uh, but they shut down after 46 years. Uh, and Cleveland scene is probably the best journalistic material we have in Cleveland now since the plane dealer kind of shut down uh, and fired their union members. Um, not a lot of good articles coming out of Cleveland.com or the Cleveland Media Group. Uh, but let's say hypothetically, DJ, we get hired to write a weekly ho- op-ed for Cleveland scene. Like they're like, yeah, we need these guys kind of bring a little down to earth flavor to our editorial page. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think it's going to be about? Like, what are we going to write about for the greasy? It's a greasy corner, whatever. Uh, it's an extension of the podcast. Uh, are we just the brew dogs of Cleveland scene? I mean, that's the obvious place to go, but I'd like to think we have a little more depth. Um, probably not though. Probably not. <laughs> Maybe we're just the brew dogs. Like we just go to platform masthead, uh, you know, and we just try out the new beers and we write up a little review about them. You know, we're like uh, Doug Tratner's underlings. Yeah, or maybe it's just like shit to do. We like give perspective of. There's a lot of that though. Hmm. Yeah, maybe it's just like go drink dollar beers at patio and play darts. That's what yeah. you're doing this Friday. Yeah. I'm trying, and I kind of throw that question on you, but it's something I think that's valuable, though. You know, you want to do something that's a little bit more meatier, right? So, what if it was like we give like a a, a, some Cleveland history, Hmm. you know, this week in Cleveland history, and then we go with a beer pairing to match that? Okay, I don't hate that. Um, I do want to think on this one, though. I think there's some sort of non cheesy, like interactive element we could do with this, you know. Right. And then whenever we're done, we're going to pitch it to Cleveland scene. 100%. We're going to do it pro bono. Yeah. For sure. them as an extension. Yeah. And, uh, but I think to get down to it, uh, when I was up in Minneapolis, I read City Pages quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of sad to see that go. So we need to start supporting Cleveland scene. And if that's us doing some pro bono work, let's do it. My thing, I guess, would be uh, the best suggestion I have based on my personal interest and what I think would be an interesting read it would just be mm. getting drunk in and then fill in the city so we just go to mayfield we go to parma we go down the uh, norton we go over to our home perry and you just say like where you would go and get drunk at 
and give a little review like Sammy K's has $2.50, <laughs> yeah. 32 months Bud Lights. Right. So you go all the like herbs. That. Maybe we like to stay the night places too. Yeah. You know? Just make it. <laughs> We're saying at the La Quinta <laughs> off 140. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Uh, what do they say? Tourists in your own city? Yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, let's get into some cues from the F's. Uh, number one here, ACJ24 asks, Hey, Rob and DJ, obviously it's not cool to judge someone by their appearance, but what is something that someone would wear? And right off the bat, you would say, I don't like that guy slash girl. Political attire does not count. Um, if they're wearing a beret, like one of those old dumb French hats, mm. or any stupid hat in general, especially if they're a guy, I'm out. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, like, but also like that Irish like Tom hat, like that Bryson wears, uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. If they're wearing that out and about earnestly, I don't like them either. Yeah. I like, uh, my thing is, I like flip-flops as much as the next guy. They're easy to put on, yeah. take out the trash, or go to like a casual bar or whatever. Uh, but if you're like 32 and you've got uh, like slides on and uh, mid-highs at uh, like a decently nice dinner, and you're like going out to meet friends with drinks. Now there's not too many of those people around, but uh, I'm just automatically like, I know this guy doesn't give a shit about anything. No, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's like, we're talking, we're talking about the same guy when I say this, but like anybody with like a, obviously the Punisher shirt or like the affliction shirt kind of thing, or like anything overtly too much about America being the greatest. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that's all in the same vein. Yeah. yeah. Now, on the opposite side of that, a dude with supremely nice hair, I'm like, wow, this guy is legit. He makes a shit ton of money, and he's probably fairly cool. Right, yeah. If he's got some good lettuce, he's like, whoa, like, oh, my God, I want to be party. I want to be partying with that guy. Very intimidated by people with good hair, man. No, for sure, yeah. And they just have it. You know, like, they know how to style it perfectly and shit. I'm like, I'm 30. I still have to figure that out. Right. If anybody could see what we look like right now, they'd know that we're not those guys. Yeah, definitely not now. And I feel like those guys are always like that. Like they wake up and they're like, I gotta, you know, gotta at least. Right. Them. They do just wanna, <laughs> want to, you know, this <laughs> uh, Yeah. Uh, number two, Lulu Lamont writes in, Hey, Greaseballs, I get these videos in my YouTube feed where celebrities talk about their worst purchase. I'm a sucker for those things. Are you guys, as you guys ascend into stardom, What's the worst purchase you've ever made? Wow, very generous to think that we're start uh, ascending into stardom uh, as we pulled in forty three listeners last week. But uh, seen already, uh, well, you know. Right? Yeah. Honestly, uh, Lulu Lemon, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, <laughs> notoriously frugal, um, and I haven't made too many dumb impulse buys in my life. But uh, one time, I found twenty dollars in the ground outside CVS in Painesville. And I made my parents drive me to the store to buy Pokemon cards. Uh, seems to be a reoccurring theme. But honestly, that turned out to be a sick investment. So uh, it turned out. Uh, so spin zone. Uh, I don't know what my worst impulse buy is by any means. Yeah, I don't have to. I've never spent like big dollars on anything that's like useless. My big thing is I'm bad at losing things. Clothing items specifically. Uh, most recently, like a year ago, uh, Dre bought me this uh, sick, like $75 black Nike uh, zip up. Uh, Nike yeah. shit at like real prices at Dick's and shit is not cheap. You know? No. Super pumped about it. Lost it within like three weeks. It's just yeah, such awesome. a bummer. You know, like, are you going to just go rebuy it? Probably not. No. Um, you just got to let so it thing all I just lost it. And uh, I've done that with jackets everywhere. Obviously, in college, a lot of people do that. Like, you go to University of Akron, it's freezing like half the time you're there in your semester, you know, Northeast Ohio colleges, you wear your jacket out, take it off in a house and boom, it's gone. But I have no excuse when you're, when you're 30 years old. No, you don't. Um, But yeah, that sucks for sure. Bites, man. Like I'd rather lose like more money just doing something fun or like gambling on a Like when you actually lose something, especially when someone got it for you, it's a bummer. Yeah, for sure. Like we we spent money on gambling and probably some dumb bets, but I never feel bad about those because I know they're locks when I put them in. Mm. You know what I mean? Like some, some something in like the cosmic atmosphere changes it from a lock to something that doesn't win. But I never feel bad about them when I put them in. Yeah, yeah. Dumb money gambling wise, I guess I don't know if that counts, but 
Like I would do that with, I think I bet like five bucks on Kevin Nada win the Masters. Like those long shot PGA bets that just are long shots for a reason. Well, for sure. Yeah, they're not going to win. Uh, number three, run this town. Forty says it. Forty-seven says, "Hey, DJ and Rob, should I get an e-bike?" What's an e-bike? <laughs> I think it's a a powered electric powered bicycle. Why? <laughs> I know, just ride the damn normal bike. <laughs> yeah, like Cleveland's so. I'm assuming you're in Cleveland. Like, isn't that? It's like such a small town. Like, I don't get that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't get that at all. And like, if you're doing it for like exercise, that doesn't give you any kind of exercise. I thought like an e-bike would originally was like a Peloton. Mm. I thought that's what you meant by it. But, and if you want a Peloton, don't do that. That's a dumb investment. You're never going to use that thing. Like how many people buy treadmills, ellipticals and Pelotons that just like sit in their house, go buy a pair of running shoes, start running. Run well, this, this is like a bike that you would travel down the street with. I'm pretty sure. Well, not like a like moped, not like a station. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure. Pretty sure that's like an it's like a bicycle where you don't have to pedal, but you're trying to get from somewhere to the other, you know, from point A to point B. Uh, hey, Deej, I take back when I say like I don't like people in dumb hats. I don't like people on e bikes. <laughs> agreed, agreed. <laughs> I mean, that one's hard to argue. Uh, yeah, unless you're commuting, I I guess I don't see the practicality of it at all. All right. Uh, last- no, you're not like if you were in New York City, like maybe, but like parking costs five cents in Cleveland. You can park anywhere. They don't even give a shit anymore. Yeah. Um, I will say scooters are pretty cool, but I wouldn't buy one of those. No. You use one of those like every six months or something. All right. Uh, last one here. And this one is number four. It's a little outdated. And this is from not, for sure not me. It said no. AJ Green or Travis Fulgham this week. Um, update, I traded Travis Fulgham today, uh, so it's going to be A.J. Green. It's going to be A.J. Green. That's good to hear because uh, Fulgham's actually wide receiver two on the Eagles um, for the rest of the year. Greg Ward's their number one target. Dude is a touchdown machine. G. Ward, baby. At, uh, but Fulgham's not bad, but A.J. Green's definitely the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Fulgham is probably the start if I still had him, but uh... – I like AJ Green's resurgence. I could buy into that story, but I also love the Travis Fulgham story cut by a bunch of teams, all that shit. Right. I had all that hope for Robert Foster too. A few years ago, he's on my team. And now I think he's like, hasn't had the relevant sense. He popped off in the back half of 2018 for the bills, but I love those stories. Um, so I, I was all into Fulgham, but sometimes you got to part ways to make your team better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you're going to start AJ Green, does that mean you want Greg Ward? <laughs> No part. He's probably going to no. be on waivers tomorrow. So no. Um, I've thought about this. Like legitimately, what I, I am the biggest expert. I'm not saying I'm good at it. Like I'm not. You know, I'm yeah. Fantasy football. I'm not particularly good. But in terms of being an expert, it's got to be one of the top things in my life. I know so much shit about every fantasy football relevant player. Grill me with something. I would dr- drill it. I know about every single dude. Truthfully. Really? Yeah. How many points did Greg Ward put up last week? <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's probably like an eight or nine point guy. No, he scores touchdowns. He's put up 16 last week. Mm, damn. So, yes. Yeah, so that changed your just, mind? I just meant more so. Yeah. I guess I don't, no one wants to hear about my fantasy acumen. No. Um, that's no. Yeah. That's why we got <laughs> no. Yeah. No. <laughs> like 47 billion fantasy podcasts out there, but I so badly want to be one, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's all. Let's do a little Browns predictions before we roll. Um, so they're playing the Las Vegas Raiders. Side note, I can't wait. We got to get back to Vegas ASAP, bro. I saw that that. Circa is like the first casino built in 40 years in Vegas. New casino. Really? Has this big like amphitheater for, uh, the sports book. It's just sick. But uh, in terms of stadium, everything there, I want to be in Vegas as soon as possible. Um, no disrespect to COVID, but, you know, if I was going to – No disrespect to COVID, if absolutely. I, if, I was, if I was going to quarantine for two weeks after, I'd go right now. Oh, for sure. I hear what you're saying. Like, yeah, uh, without COVID, yeah. Hopefully when COVID's gone. I actually have a trip on the docket for May to go out to Vegas. Hmm. 
Um, but Vegas coming to Cleveland, right? Uh, a little bit different this week. I actually like Vegas uh, this week. And if I had to bet something, I'd take Vegas plus three this week. Um, I think the final score ends up being 29-24 Raiders. <laughs> All right. I don't know what to expect. They're one of those weird teams. I think that uh, – who'd they beat? Um, they a, I know. They beat the Rams or the Chiefs. Yeah. Solid wins, and uh, but they've looked pretty supremely average recently. Um, I don't know. Predictions are dumb, but uh, we'll go 24, Brownies, Raiders, 23. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> hey, cover. Um, all right. Did my safety happen last week? No, I don't think so. I think that was my bold prediction, safety. Oh, in that Browns game? Yeah, no, no safety. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's the show. You got anything else, Robbie? No, nothing this week. A pretty low-key week for me this weekend. Not, got nothing planned uh, for the first time in a while, which is pretty exciting. I do think the Bucks cover, though. Um, other than that, I have no other locks. Don't ask me for them. I've been a little bit cold, but you've been hot, Deej. Anything for the France? I've been hot. Uh, yeah, I do have a, a bet. Um, I don't remember it off the top, though, so I guess it's useless. <laughs> I, I don't remember it. Sorry. No. Well, maybe it, you got to DM the greasy pod for DJ's lock of the week. No, I'll I'll find it real quick. Let's filibuster. Let's get Amy Coney Barrett out of here. Uh, political. You want to filibuster? No, then they try to filibuster. That was like a big thing. Um, yeah, I don't think they even have the opportunity to filibuster, yeah. though, dude. It was a money line parlay with the Rams, who are minus three, but on the money line, so they, all they got to do is win with the Tennessee Titans against the Bengals, who are five and a half point favorites. That's plus 119 for both of them just to win. Love it. I think it's cash in the bank, buddy. Bengals are only getting five and a half this week against yeah, the Titans. Titans. Yeah, right. I love that. Seems. Uh, yeah. Well, terrible pasties around. Uh, let's leave. See you next week. See you, bud. Uh, enjoy your weekend off. Awesome.